Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of On to the Next One. The best friends return to the matchmaking chairs. We reclaim the throne after a few weeks away as the kings of matchmaking in the MMA media space following UFC Paris, where a lot happened and chaos ensued in the main event of the evening. But thank you for joining us, everybody. I am Mike Heck, and joining me once again... My best friend, the Prince of Positivity, and just one hell of a guy. It's nice to be able to matchmake with him once again. I think this is the first time in like almost a month that we've actually done matchmaking together, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. I was going to say my best friend. Uh, uh, of course, you know, major credit to Jed Mishu stepping in a couple of times, doing the fantastic work, honing his matchmaking skills for anyone who has heard him uh, talking about matchmaking recently. he said He's always said it's not one of his strengths, but... I tell you, he sounds like a pro these days. Um, so wait, we didn't do San Diego. I, I, you you weren't on San Diego, right? This was uh, August thirteenth. I don't 13th, remember the Veracruz card. Was that I, when I, I got? I got because that's when I got the Rona. I got the Rona during one of the cards. I think I did San Diego. Right. And no, then, no, I, maybe I didn't. Oh no, it was it was because we there was no card. What, there was no card last week. And yeah, then so I didn't do I San Diego. A, right, and I wasn't available 278. Yeah, and then we did uh, Ask Us Anything last week. So we did okay. So it's been a while. It's been a minute. This has been a glad. This is an. Uh, this is back to the Otno uh, uh, Classic, as I'd like to call it. Yes, and as you know, UFC 279 is next week, which means we're gonna be going all the way live next Sunday. So we'll be exhausted, sleep deprived. There's a 50-50 chance I will be. Just an absolute grump, but it's always fun either way. But let's get into the matchmaking, AK. Let's get into it and start with the main event because let's be let's just be clear and make this very simple. Cyril got and tied to Ivasa beat the hell out of one another. Both guys badly hurt during the fight. I thought for sure that your prediction was a hundred percent coming true. I thought 
he knocked Cyril gone unconscious in the second round. When he landed that shot and Cyril fell, I was like, he's dead. Turns out gone might not be a human being. After all, he was okay. After one of the most thunderous shots you'll ever see in the heavyweight division. Tai Tuivasa clearly is not a human being after the damage he took after. I mean, it, it, I mean, literally just after the first round, the beating Tai Tuivasa took and just continued to throw punches and strikes and attempt to do anything. Just so much credit to that guy. The fights mercifully stopped in the third. I know there's a lot of people. I mean, I've gotten so many DMs, not just about matchmaking, but a lot of people talking about the hammer fist to the back of the head, which we could talk about in a minute. But this is a fight where one man won and one man lost in the record books, but both guys, the fans in and out of the arena, the UFC, the heavyweight division, everybody freaking won in this fight. But Gan gets the proverbial Duke. He wants a title shot or maybe John Jones, but he just had a title shot and lost. And there seems to be a very obvious choice out there, AK. So I'm going to be super lame and boring and go with the super obvious choice. Are you doing the same thing? Yeah, I am as well. And I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I couldn't be more disappointed with how the the main event ended. Um, I, I'm a big Cyril Gon fan. He's awesome. But I've just been i been calling the tie to Ubasa shot for so long. Uh, I was When I was digging back to see if I'd already sort of made a prediction for one of these guys, I had. I remember I had called my shot uh, after Curtis Blade's one against uh, Tom Aspinall, I had said, I'm not just calling for Blades to fight the, the Tui Vasa gone winner. I'm I'm calling that Tui Vasa will win and a Curtis Blades will fight him. Obviously, that's that's you know, that's not how it unfolded. So uh, so not a factor anymore, but I am sticking with Blades. You know, this is what I probably should have done in the first place and just been sensible and said uh, Blades gets the winner. So gone. Uh, listen, gone did an amazing job. He is a ro- absolute rock star. Um, he was the right man to main event the first event in a uh, UFC event in France. And um, I'd love to see gone, like get some sort of interim title shot or even a title shot with all this other chicanery that's going on in the division. But I think we know that's not happening and uh, very likely him and blades are going to have to uh, fight each other there for, for one of those spots. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, it's Curtis blades. He's, he's kind of no selling the idea of fighting Curtis blades, but that's the fight he's going to get more than likely. Nothing else just really makes sense as of right now. Of course, the, things could change. Dominoes could fall. Francis Ngannou could say deuces and leave the UFC. And that would open things up a little more because Francis would obviously not be the heavyweight champion anymore if that's the case. John Jones, Stipe would be the first phone calls the UFC would make to fight for the undisputed title. But Gan would certainly be the backup plan, one would assume. But, I mean, there's just a lot of, of ifs in this scenario Blades is the guy, and whoever wins that fight has to be next, in my opinion. Just to address the people who decided that late Saturday, early Sunday morning as we record this, they wanted to slide into the DMs and start running their mouths about the finish to that fight and my reaction to it on the post-fight show. Let me just say this. Basically, what people are saying is, well, you sit there and you... Blame the referees for eye pokes and fence grabs and all this stuff. But when Gon throws the strike and it clearly hits him in the back of the head, there's no fallout. There's no backlash. And I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, all you're doing is proving my point. All you're doing is proving the point that Jed Bishu and I have been telling you for almost a year now. If you are a fighter in the UFC, rules don't rule. Cheat your ass off. Just keep cheating. 
keep cheating. And if this, in your eyes, is an illegal strike, then Cyril Ghosn did the right thing. Because guess what? They're not going to call it. There will be no penalty. There will be no repercussions. So just cheat. And if Cyril Ghosn cheated, well done, Cyril Ghosn. Well done. I don't think he cheated, if we're being honest. I just think it was a, a crazy sequence of events that happened. And just seeing him throw a freaking standing hammer fist was just kind of hilarious to watch live and even on the rewatch. But yeah, I have no issue with it. No one's going to call anything, so get after it. I don't think he cheated. I don't think he attempted to cheat. I just think it was a weird thing, but all you're doing is proving my point. There's no need to try to slide in my DMs and try to get one over on me because you didn't. You didn't do it. And they, and they can't and they shouldn't try. Guys, you're not going to get one over on my kick. What are you doing? What, don't waste your life trying to do this because you will fail. Uh, but yeah, that whole finishing sequence, I feel like kind of summed up like what was so fun about this fight and so fun about like chaotic heavyweight MMA. And and I I, I hope when the year is over, we look back, we don't forget this fight. It, I don't know if it's a top five fight, but I think it deserves discussion um, because we kind of got everything you could possibly want in this matchup. There was some technical skill for sure. There was some incredible toughness. And then there was moments again, as I, I we can't we use this phrase a lot. I know I'm overusing it already right now. There was some heavyweight chaos. There was just some swanging and banging. There was there was reaching <laughs> down, and like you know what, I just gotta throw, and and I gotta hope the other guy goes down before I do. Um, so we had that, and again, but we also had s some precision in there. Like I think Gon's that this was it's such a huge win for Gon because it showed both his skills we already knew he had, the incredible athleticism, and also yeah, that that ability to just get dirty, get down and dirty with Ty Tuivasa. I mean, Ty Ty said before the fight, if I if I dink him, I sink him. Man, he dinked him a bunch of times, and and uh, Gon just would not sink. The guy stayed afloat. It was it was so awesome. So keep this one in mind, guys, when you're making your top five, you know, um, fights of, of 2022 list. I I really think there's gonna be a spot on there. Again, I'm gonna have to go and look back. We've had a lot of amazing fights this year. Uh, I hope this one kind of sneaks on there. It was it was um, definitely one of the best heavyweight fights I've I've seen in a while. This will be it's probably a top ten overall fight of the year. Mm. Round two is definitely in the top five for rounds of the year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I. There are very few rounds. There, there have been a lot of moments this year where I was just like, ooh, ooh. But I like literally screamed in the second round multiple times. Like when Ty dropped him, I was like, ah. And then Cyril Gan got up and like hurt him. I was like, ah. Very rare that I scream, but it's also very rare that we get early day MMA. And that's why I was able to scream because everybody was awake. But that was Cyril Gan for Ty Tuivasa. Again, massive respect. I saw a lot of people saying, Let's do Marching Tybora. Let's do Sergey Pavlovich. And you could do that. But to me, I guess my response is why? Like, why would you do that? Because Ty is still in the mix here. And I'm not saying that Ty Tuivasa is going to win every single fight that he's going to fight in. There's a chance that by selection, he could lose this fight. But he is in the mix here. He loses nothing as far as I'm concerned. And even with the loss, I think he's good to go. So... I would say let's give him a fight because he's very popular right now. He's His stock has risen. He's got a lot of momentum even in the loss. Let's give him a fight that more caters to his style. It's also a tough fight, but it's one that I would probably favor Tai Tuivasa to win. So it's a step back, but not too much of a step back. There is a fight coming up in a few weeks. Jarzinho Rosenstrike is fighting Chris Dacus October 1st. And I think the winner of this fight gets Tai Tai. Big stakes there. Whatever matchup that comes from it will be excellent. It will make sense. And 
if Chris Dawkins wins, then we could do Dawkins versus Ty Ty, and we could do Jarzinho versus Derek Lewis. So there you go. What do you think, AK? Ty Ty a new thing? Is that what is this? What is this? What's this Ty Ty? <laughs> it's just it's fun to Did, say. Are you just riffing? Are you just riffing? You're just riffing this. I'm just ripping. I think I've okay. used that a few times, but it's just this one might have it's this fun. one might have got my best friend, this one might have gotten away from you. But uh yeah, okay. That's <laughs> You know what? Listen, we're we're on air. We're just like you said. I'm sometimes you're just ripping. You're just you're just dropping lines. You're you see, you throw stuff and you see if it sticks. See if it sticks. You don't know. Um, I I went in the I went in the, the Martin DeVore direction. But but you you ask why? It's because I I am I have long been a supporter of uh, Martin DeVore as a legitimate heavyweight contender. I think at one point I called for him to to get a title shot. I think maybe after he beat Walt Harris or something like that. There there was definitely. <laughs> I am on record as saying like Martin Zabura is is like he's legit he's a legitimate guy. He is uh looking right now, six and one. Six and one, seven and one, six and one in his past seven fights. He hasn't he should be five one and one if we're being honest. Uh the uh, Romanov uh should be a draw. That was a draw. Fair enough. But officially a win. And a, a, and even if he fought him to a draw, pretty damn impressive considering a lot of people thought he would get trucked by by Romanov. So this guy's super tough. Uh, again, he's held on to his top 10 spot. I believe he's top 10. I know he's top 10 in my personal rankings. I believe he is still, especially after getting that win there, I believe he'll be, uh, he'll probably be top 10 in the MMA fighting global rankings. I'll take a look at that in a second, but, um, we'll see, we'll see the next edition will come out after the next pay-per-view. So after next weekend, and, uh, we'll see, we'll see where him and Romanov land. But yeah, I don't, I think there is something to be gained for Tui Vasa in that fight. It is a tough fight. He certainly could uh, get neutralized by Tabur's grappling. He's always he's uh, Tabur has always been a strong, strong grappler, and I know that's the last thing anybody wants to see. But I also think Tuivasa could just straight up knock him out. So I like it for both guys. I'm not just thinking about Tai Tuivasa here. Yes, Tai Tuivasa is a star. I know we don't look at Tabur the same way, but I kind of have him in the same sphere as far as uh, unappreciated contenders go. So uh, I'm giving I'm giving Tabur this this fight. Oh, he is 13 in the official ranking, the official MMA fighting rankings. I'd rather see Tai Tuivasa versus Pavlovich over sure. Marcin Tibora, and, but And, and I, like it is what it is. I like the Rose Strict Dacus uh, idea, too. I'm yeah. into that. If they book Tibora, that's cool. Like, I, I, I like Tibora as a personality. is just, he's hilarious. He's fun. The build between mm-hmm. those, the, the media day scrums with, two, with those two guys would be great. So I would enjoy it from that aspect, but that fight has... Potential, eh, I mean, listen, there's potential to be a, a, an exciting knockout, but there's potential to be just a wildly, just not aesthetically pleasing fight mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you want to do that, I'll watch it. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's move on to the co-main event because here is what we've learned and what people may have forgotten with these Israel Adesanya losses. Robert Whitaker is not good at fighting. He's just not. He's not great at fighting. He is sensational at fighting. He's excellent at fighting. And if my child said, Daddy, you know what I want to do when I grow up? I want to be an MMA fighter. I said, are you sh I would say, are you sure you want to do this with your life? And if he's really into it, I would say, okay, then you have to listen to me. And I would immediately sit him down and I would go through the entire Robert Whitaker catalog and just make him, and he would just study Robert Whitaker fights until he's ready to make his debut. This guy's just so, so good. He turned Marvin Vittori into anti-Marvin, to bizarro Marvin Vittori. No one has made Marvin Vittori go backwards. No one has busted up Marvin Vittori like that. Very few have made Marvin Vittori bleed his own blood. No one has flat out dominated 10 to 12 straight minutes against Marvin Vittori like that. I went. I was so impressed with this performance that I actually had to go back and watch it again last night. And it was even better the second time because... The first time you watch it, you really appreciate what Whitaker did offensively and the adjustments he made from round one to round two. But when you watch it the second time, keeping the offense in mind, you really get to see his defense shine. Martin Vittori had nothing. He could not touch Robert Whitaker in the final two rounds of that fight. He was frustrated. And, I mean, Martin Vittori didn't, couldn't even get on a microphone and spin the fight in his favor in any way. And he got trucked by his... Not trucked, but... He probably got he got swept by Israel Adesanya and still wanted to say that he won the fight. Even in this, he's just like, I, I can't do it. Not even I, the great Marvin Vittori, the, the spinster himself, can can try to paint that narrative in any way. AK, Bobby Knuckles is the freaking man. I can't wait to talk about my choices and play here. But please, AK, what would you like to see for Robert Knuckles? I agree. Uh, the Reaper is the man. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, never, I'm never letting that nickname go. It's a great nickname. If more people it should is. use it, uh, I'm never uh, yes. And I hope when you have your boy uh, watch the comprehensive Whitaker collection, it includes Ultimate Fighter: The Smashes, <laughs> the Ultimate Fighter season. That I get it. It was it was a it wasn't a domestic season, so a lot of people didn't watch. It's it is legitimately I would call it a, one of the ten best uh, Ultimate Fighter season. It is top ten. It is so good, and from an entertainment standpoint, uh, the talent wise, not I mean some of these guys didn't. Uh, Brendan Lockney was on there, so that was pretty good. Um, Brad Scott had a few fights, and of course Whitaker uh, won the welterweight bracket, and then later uh, fought a welterweight a few times before moving in the UFC, before moving to uh, middleweight, and becoming the man that we know now. Um, listen, I, I I don't know. We had a lot of I saw a lot of suggestions for Whitaker at light heavyweight, which I still think is a fun idea. I do think it was a, it was more of an option if he had lost to Vittori. Um, like in his mind, I mean, it still it still makes sense, I think, to a lot of us uh, on the outside. Um, so we'll get to those later, of course. But um, I think if he's going to stay at 185, he has to like he has to defend his spot. He has to fight the wolves, the upcoming wolves. I know people hate um, the idea of him being like this number two guy that's getting in the way of people fighting the number one guy. But I'd like to see him fight Andre Muniz. I Damn. Like I know, I know, I know, and I know people are gonna hate it because people are like, you're either, you're either, um, 
you're either, you know, having Whitaker, a fan favorite, get, you know, uh, lose a bad style matchup to, I think, one of the best grapplers pound for pound in, in, in the UFC right now, or you're having Muniz take a loss and then, quote unquote, sort of eliminating a contender, which I don't think it necessarily does. It sets him back. But I get it. People want Muniz on the fast track to a shot. They want him to get one more fight and then just fight Izzy. For me, this could be that fight. Um, and again, I'm just I, I'm not as interested as necessarily at creating contenders as, as other people are. Uh, I just want to see fun, compelling fights. This is a very fun, compelling fight to me. We are on. There is no. We need to find like the opposite of a friends forever. We'll have to figure out like what song we could say because I'm. I mean, I am completely on the opposite side. I thought you would uh, with be. this whole thing um, because normally, like normally, those who listen to this program. I'm not a, hey, let's go back to this well after we've seen two fights go one guy's way. But there are a couple of of exceptions. One, if Colby Covington comes back in the next six months, beats a top five welterweight, and Kamar Usman beats Leon Edwards, I'm all in on Usman Covington 3. I'm very much in on that. I'm also very much in on Adesanya Whitaker 3 after this performance. So if Adesanya wins on November 12th, if I had the magic pencil... I'm doing it one last time, and I'm pushing it that way. I am WWEing the crap out of this thing. One last chance. Whitaker's fine. Put it in the contract. This is Robert Whitaker's last chance to fight for the middleweight title. If he loses, he never gets another title shot. He ha- if he wants to fight for a belt, he has to go up to 205. Let's have some fun with this damn thing. So that would be my choice if I had the pencil. Or the other option I like, this is probably the bronze medalist's but it's also very obvious if Pereira wins and if, or let's just say Pereira wins twice, then Whitaker's the guy. And you could also slide Whitaker in there. November 12th, if something happens with Pereira, there's an injury, you need a guy to fight Izzy in the main event. After this performance, no one's going to groan about it, and you shouldn't. I would have no issue with that fight headlining MSG. So two of my three choices are that UFC 281 fight. Either Izzy or Pereira, whatever happens, cool. I'm down with that. Uh, the other, with either of those options. But here's my other choice, and this is one I've been thinking about a lot since yesterday. It's a little wacky. It's a little out of left field, especially if Dana White plays the. Well, he's going to have to do something spectacular to ever get back to a title shot at 185 pounds card. My other choice that I think would be super interesting, and it'd be a gigantic fight. For both guys, no matter what actually happens later on this month, give me Bobby Knox versus Hamzat Shemaev. If Hamzat doesn't want to wait for the welterweight title shot if he beats Nate Diaz, if Colby isn't ready and that fight can't get put together, just do Hamzat versus Whitaker. Because if Whitaker wins, you got to give the man a title shot no matter what. He has done everything you possibly could do to get back to any title fight. Plus, we could play the, look, Shabayev's a better welterweight hand of poker as an excuse to try to build Shabayev. And if Shabayev wins, he's the freaking number one contender in two divisions if he beats Robert Whitaker. We could have so much fun. This would be MMA's version of, this would be the UFC's version of of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Two weight classes. He's the top contender in both divisions. Which one will he choose? And when will he choose it? I love that idea. It's very unlikely, probably, but if I was the special guest matchmaker, I would seriously consider putting that together because 
you could gain so much from this. And it's just so much fun. And it's such an interesting fight. Mike, remember when the path to a UFC welterweight title shot was so clear for Hamzat before the Nate Diaz booking, before Leon Edwards kicked Usman's head off? We all thought Hamzat's got to just fight someone else at 170, that UFC title shot before the end of the year. And now you're right. Listen, he has a ton of, like I said, a ton of awesome options now. He could be the number one contender in two weight classes. But it's amazing, though, how quickly things changed. And again, the Nate Diaz matchup gets made, and we're all pretty much in agreement that he could kill Nate Diaz in 30 seconds, and it still does not put him ahead of, you know, Usman. If Usman wants to rematch Edwards soon, obviously that that is number one priority for the UFC. And and uh, Hamza, a title shot, whether at 170 or 185, probably will not happen until like the middle of next year, maybe at like the we're talking earliest. About, at the earliest. So like 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 eight months to eight nine months. And and we had at the beginning of this year, we were like. It's highly possible he fights Usman before the end of 2022. Things change so quickly. And again, for Hamzat, listen, his star, if you just keep winning, your star is only going to rise. You beat a Nate Diaz, you beat maybe a Robert Whitaker. Boy, I mean, when that when that fight happens, whether it's Edwards or Usman, how huge will that be? You know what I mean? So um, it might work out for him better in the long run. But yeah, the way things change in this business is just absolutely wild. I would love to just see what Whitaker Shemaev looks like. That's so yeah. super interesting. Uh, what about Marvin Vittoria, AK? Okay? Because he's in a very interesting place here. I cheated a little bit with this one because um, I still like him to fight either Jared Kenny or Sean Strickland. Now that uh, bout is uh, I don't want slash cancel slash postponed uh, because Strickland Strickland's out, right? Strickland's the one who, or is it Kenny was out? They're both out. The fight's both, off. The fight's the, off. The fight's off. But we, uh, as far as we know, they may try to reschedule that one. That seems to be the plan. Strickland, okay. you, you may have seen the gnarly finger infection of Sean Strickland. I did not look. I yeah, it's look. disgusting, so don't okay. look. Okay, hard pass. But um, yeah, my, so I, I cheated under the assumption that that hopefully will get rebooked within a reasonable amount of time, and then whoever wins that fight I think makes a, a very logical opponent for uh, Vittori. So I might say loser, maybe the loser of that fight, but I, I would say the winner. I would like to see him fight either Cannonier or Strickland. So again, uh, not officially rebooked for anyone who's like, well, you know, was that fight, fight not happening? Uh, yes, as of now, it is not happening. I, I think it will before the end of the year. Uh, again, I did not look at the finger, so I could be way off. And, and if it does, uh, then yeah, Vittorio will get his, his matchup from there. So I I woke up and chose Chaos, especially after the post-fight show, because I actually completely agreed with one of the, the listener questions, and it was a very interesting point. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought it made sense. All the talk, all the buildup, and Whitaker even talked about it throughout the week, like that the 205 stuff was probably taken out of context a little bit. It was just... Like, what if the world presented me an opportunity to go to 205? It was kind of like, how would I do it? It's not. And then it turned into, oh, I'm going up to 205 after this fight. Not the case. I think he's staying at 185. Marvin Vittori at 205 is actually really interesting because I feel like, and I know some people disagree with me, that he could get back to a title fight. I don't think he would. I don't think he will at 185. I think the road is just super duper long. But I do think if he goes up to 205 and rattles off a couple of wins because of his personality, because he is a natural heel, I think he can get there pretty quickly. I know it's kind of like scrambled up right now. So let's put him in a position where he fights a top 10 guy, but a fight that I would favor him to win, and that's Tiago Santos. Marvin Vittori versus Tiago Santos. First quarter, 2023, light heavyweight debut, Let's see what Vittori can do. And if he goes out there and just rolls Tiago Santos, who is not, I mean, Tiago's not 
all that fun to watch these days. Although the fight with Jamal Hill wasn't horrible. Uh, Jamal Hill obviously got the win. Tiago Santos had a decent game plan. I just, I'm very, I would like to see how Vittori could do a 205 without him to cut that extra weight or anything like that. Like the fight with Paul Costa was super fun, even though it wasn't supposed to be a light heavyweight fight. I think Vittori could do decently well up there. I don't know if he's going to be a guy who will fight for a title, but I think his quickest path and a realistic path for him to get to a title fight in the UFC again is doing it at 205. And I think he actually matches up very well with a lot of these guys. So let's start him. With a top 10 guy. It's not starting him out slow. Throw him in there with Tiago Santos. If he beats him, then we go from there. Yeah, it does feel like once you get outside the, the like, and just, just talking about the UFC, not all MMA promotions, uh, out of the top five or six in the UFC, once you get past that, it does feel like Vittori could be a player in the division uh, with, with the right matchmaking. Uh, again, light heavyweight just kind of historically has not been the de- it's it's you know even 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 um, you know during the Liddell Rampage days even when it was a star studded um, division I don't know how de- I don't know how deep any division was back then frankly but yeah it didn't it didn't seem like um, it didn't seem like it was a particularly uh, it, right now it's not a particularly deep division so yeah you could throw Vittori in there I do like the idea of that definitely more so than than Whitaker going up there. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with that idea. And I could see Vittori at least trying it out. At least try it out for one fight. You know, maybe be a two-division guy. Maybe be a guy you go up to 205 for a bit um, until uh, some of middleweight some middleweight shakes itself out, and then you come back to middleweight and, and, and see who's available. Yeah. Speaking of the middleweight division, we have another player in this division. His name is Nasruddin Imavov. Picked up a impressive win over Joaquin Buckley. I thought he clearly won the first two rounds. I actually didn't think the 30-27 was super egregious of a scorecard. I know Buckley got a little more aggressive, was landing some shots, but Imavov defensively was very sound, and he was cracking Joaquin Buckley in that third round. It wasn't getting really a ton of credit for it because Buckley was trying to take his head off because he knew he was very much down in the fight. Uh, I actually have no issue. I have watched the I watched that third round again almost immediately after the fight happened just to see because I didn't think 30-27 was that bad. It's not great, but it's not a terrible scorecard. But he did slow down a little bit. So if there's a knock on him, he might need to work on just conserving some energy late in the fight. But this guy's got a bright future, AK. What are we looking at next for him? Let's rebook that Calvin Gaslam fight. Okay. I know uh, a lot of people were probably thinking, well, he got the win. He can kind of move on from that, even though, you know, um, I would I would hope most people would consider Buckley to be pretty well behind the rankings in Gaslam. But I'm, you know, I, I still, I'm not exactly sure how people gauge uh, Calvin at this stage of his career because he's, you know, he's been struggling to get wins, but also you look at who he's fought and he's just fought nothing but top competition like over and over again. So I still think he's a very worthy challenger. I still have him ahead of Imavov and I will even after um, this latest win for uh, for Nasruddin. So um, this was supposed to happen at 273. I think the fight still has some life in it. I think Calvin is still a huge challenge. I mean, if we're talking about uh, cardio uh, or at least late game performance, possibly being a challenge for Imavov, um, that is something that Calvin Gaslam would definitely exploit. Calvin Gaslam has always been in, uh, has always had uh, endless cardio uh, and also constantly pushes the pace. So this is the right challenge. <clears throat> excuse me, this is the right challenge for for Nasruddin Imavov right now. And uh, I wanted to see it back then, and I'd love to see that matchup um, still still take place. I got no issue with that one. This will not be a friends forever moment, but it, it's a good one. Oh. I'm going. 
I'm going with a bigger name, AK. I'm definitely going with a bigger name. A guy that I just think it's a perfect fight. I think you have to do this. Darren Till. I think you do Darren Till. If Darren's ready to come back and fight, he says he wants to fight freaking twice this year. I don't know. There's the reports about the DUI and things like that. But, I mean, he's obviously in Las Vegas right now. But if he truly wants to come back and fight before the end of the year, he's got to fight somebody like this. He's got to fight this someone like this, an Andre Muniz, somebody like a, a DDP, like somebody like that. He's not fighting Robert Whitaker. He's not fighting Marvin Vittori. He's not fighting anybody like that. He's got to come back, and he's going to take on one of these hungry up-and-comers. And if he's going to be a player... And here's the thing with Darren Till. All he needs is a win, and he's back in play. All Adesanya has to do if he beats Pereira is say, hey, Darren Till, I want to fight you. And Darren Till probably gets a title shot with one more win. So I like this fight because if Till wins, he's right back in the mix. Till's a star, not a giant star, but he's a star. Everybody is interested in what he's doing. And if Imovov wins, this is the kind of win that puts him on people's radar. So like this matchup, I think this is the way to go. But if you do Gaslam, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, I was gonna say if, if you're Darren Till, you should be happy that you're so, that like when uh, when these matchmaking shows come up, and I'm sure when the UFC has their matchmaking meetings, that your name is still consistently brought up for these big fights at, at 185. Because what he's am I am I crazy? He's only I know there was the the Gaslam win, which I've been like giving him credit for forever, um, and then. What is this? Oh, okay. You know, he's had three fights at 185. That's right. Uh, Robert Whitaker, um, which he actually had his moments in, and then uh, and Derek Brunson, which uh, which was just a really really bad style match for him. Which he did yeah. not have his moments in. <laughs> no, he did not have his moments in. But yeah, to be one and two in the division and still be you know still have people saying, oh yeah, he should fight Imavov. You know, it looks like a future world title contender. Or he should fight. Uh, what were some of the other names? You, uh, or like or Vittori or any like it's. It's a credit to his star power and also, I don't know, his management and however his his career has been handled. Because, yeah, to to be like pretty unsuccessful, like Gaslam is his only win since. And that was it, a, and that was, that was close. a debated win. Yeah, it wasn't like a dominant win. It was like, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I don't think it's like a robber or anything, but it wasn't like, yeah, it was not a dominant win by any stretch. That's his only win since 2018. And we're still talking about him oh, uh, getting matched up with like top 10 guys. So. Well, you know what? Hey, it's a good business that you can get it, Darren Till. So uh, yeah, if you're him, you can mess out with Imovov. I don't think he'd be complaining. I think it's like you said. I think it's like, oh, I think I can, I think I can beat this guy and suddenly just steal like all the heat that this guy has been building up uh, while I've been sitting on the sidelines with, uh, uh, unfortunately for him, multiple injuries. Yeah, I, I going back, I remember scoring that fight 29-28 for Darren Till. So it definitely wasn't a robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just looked at MMA decisions, 100% scored it for Darren Till, but I remember. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reactions after it just wasn't a great fight, and it wasn't I think pretty, that's what, yeah, it wasn't. It was not a pretty fight. It, it, it was not a pretty fight. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, William Gomez gets a majority decision against Jarno Ahrens. Ahrens nearly came back to pull off the submission. We had a a freaking ten ten round on the one of the judges' scorecards, which is uh-huh. pretty cool. Um, <laughs> okay, but look, I'll just say this real quick. Gomez, I'll just go Gomez versus uh, Kamuela Kirk. Gomez looked fine. It wasn't a great fight. It was a fine showing, but considering where he was as far as the betting lines go, he didn't blow me away. He certainly didn't pay off that over two to one favorite betting line. Yeah, Kamuel Kirk, maybe. I, I feel like that's about right, but 
considering how big of a favorite he was, yeah, he did get a win in front of his home crowd. If if we look back on the 5-0 and run of the French fighters, this is probably the bottom performance, and it's probably not even debatable at this point. Who, who did you just give him? Because I had to. Oh, Camelot, that's right. Yeah, so you told me this. Uh, you told me this before the show. Yes. Uh, sorry, no, I I forgot. I blanked out there for a second, Mike, because I was shocked. You just passed over your boy, the man who made you look like a genius last night. One, Mr. Roman Kovalov. We didn't even t- we didn't talk about Kovalov. We were going on order as we oh, usually damn, do. Oh damn, I did forget about this Kopilov. guy. This guy made you look like a genius yesterday. The, how can you dis? My best friend. Wow. How can you disrespect your You're new right. favorite fighter? Roman Kovalov, who you who you said uh, before the show, pre-fight on the preview show, you predicted him to do well. On the pre-fight Q and A, you said he is not only going to get a knockout, he is going to win wow. a performance of the night bonus, and he should have. Frankly, he did not get it. I think a lot of us thought that he definitely should have won a performance of the night bonus. So, uh, I, I'm going to give you a chance to, you know, we'll, we'll, <clears throat> I'll talk about Gomez, but we're going to circle back to your boy Roman Kovalov because I was way down on Kopalov saying like this guy's just not looked great before the UFC but in the octagon has not proven to be UFC level he shut me up big time with a really really strong overall performance and a fun exciting finish so we'll circle back to Kopalov uh, very quickly Jordan Wright that's what I'm going to <laughs> do. Don't, don't need to give Kopalov his due. I mean, listen, you, you did it well. I, I, I honestly okay. forgot that that fight was on the main card because it was just shouldn't have been there and all the movement and stuff, but uh, listen, he looked he looked real good. He made me look like a genius. I felt like Dikirico is just yeah yeah yeah. I just yeah. I, I there's not much more I could say, but I, I believed in in Kapilov in this fight and kind of only this fight. But Jordan Wright, I think, could present that that uh, type of confidence as well. They're just two, those two are just going to get in there and swing bolos at each other until somebody falls. So I like that idea. It was a, a very popular listener pick. And I think they were supposed to fight. Um, I think Kapalov and Wright were booked. Not for this not for this event, but for, like, for a previous. Maybe it was Probably. For a previous event. Yeah, yeah. So that would be like a very smart rebooking. I agree. I think I'm with the listeners. Um, uh, that was not my pick, though, because I had forgotten until the listeners reminded me that fight existed. I will say, though, uh, Dekirico losing, Vittori losing. Uh, our our fan one of our one of our fans in Italy Francesco I uh, just he sent a message just what a sad night for the Italian MMA and I was just like I could hear it in his his voice I could hear it in Italian accent just uh, upset so yeah I'm sorry Francesco but um we'll we'll get to you some of your picks later uh, I went with like Jun Young Park Joseph Holmes winner for Kapalov and Christian Rodriguez Garrett Armfield winner. Uh, for Gomez, both happening on October 29th. So I got a lot riding on this October 29th card, uh, seeing whoever wins from that, and then uh, possibly uh, gets me some lot no points if these matchups happen. But um, I have one question. I don't want to go off too much on a, of a tangent. Why is Garrett Armfield staying at 145? Is this like he is? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, this matchup's 145. Christian Rodriguez. Huh. So I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to cut down to 135 anymore. I, but I, he looked pretty small against David Onama. So I was like. I just assumed he'd go back to 135. Um, yeah, cutting weight sucks. Cutting weight sucks. Maybe he just doesn't want to do it. But so. Christian's a bantamweight too, isn't he? I I think so. But didn't he fight at? He uh, fought Pierce, but yeah. Uh, well, he was he he Maybe missed is... he missed weight on the contender series, okay. but that was a bantamweight fight. You know what this um, is? Maybe this is two bantamweight guys who are just like, let's just not cut weight for this one fight, and then we'll drop down yeah, to bantamweight. Which like, is later. probably what like, it is, yeah. Okay, that's smart. That's I hope that's the case. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's right. But actually, I think Armfield is a featherweight. 
Because no, you, oh no, that's the, right. David Onama. David Onama was a featherweight too. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I'll have to yeah. look into that one a little I, bit. This more. this sounds like two guys just being smart and saying, "Wait, we're both bantamweights. Let's just we can go back to bantamweight later. Let's get a paycheck. Let's let's yeah. Let's not cut weight. Like, why yeah. are we doing this? Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm good. Okay. With that. I, that's what I think it is. Yeah. I think the performance that really shined outside of the main event at Robert Whitaker was Nathaniel Wood. A.K. This guy is. Looking pretty damn good at 145. Not a lot of people gave him a chance to to beat Charles Jordan because maybe it's just the the look back at Jordan's third round against Shane Burgos that we were like, okay, this guy is is a killer. He could be a top twenty guy. Uh, and then we just all sort of forgot that Charles Jordan just falls down whenever you touch his leg. It was just really crazy to watch. It just like I understand that Nathaniel Wood is very technically sound and tactical and. You know, his trips probably would have sent me on my ass mm-hmm. in, in, in a matter of moments. But there were certain moments in that fight where it looked like Nathaniel Wood just blew a big, deep breath on him and Jordan just fell to the mat. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was amazing, like, how easily it seemed Wood was taking Charles Jordan down. But it was a great performance. I thought Wood even lit him up on the feet. I thought Wood won every aspect of this fight. He looked fantastic. What now? What do we do with him? Two and 145 seems like this should have been his weight class all along. This was this one was really tough for me actually because what I was trying to do, you know, again I keep my own rankings, which usually makes things pretty easy, and I'm like, this guy has earned a a shot up. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'm gonna find first. I tried to pick some names, and I said, all right, this is pretty tricky. I'm just gonna try to find the first name that isn't booked. And right now I have uh, Nathaniel Wood in the where is where is Mr. Wood? I'm sorry, guys. I'm looking at my uh, personal rankings right now. You're gonna hear some some clicking and clack. Okay, <laughs> I have him. This might seem low to people, but again, keep in mind featherweight is super 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 deep. So I have him like just above like the number forty. Uh, he's at like thirty seven. But again, you could anyone from like twenty two to thirty seven, you can kind of, are kind of interchangeable. So you can put him as high as twenty two if you want. You can put him as low as 30, 40. It's it's an insanely tough division, but yeah, I was just trying to look ahead of him. So, and so many of these people are booked. Like, uh, Bill, um, is Billy? Yeah, Billy Quarantillo, I think is. Oh yeah, Billy Quarantillo is booked. Alex Hernandez. Bizarre. Yes, Alexander Hernandez coming down to uh, one forty-five. Um, uh, what was it? Bill Algio's book. Julian Rosa's booked. Uh, I think Jonathan Pierce's book. Just a lot of names. A lot of names are not free. Um, so I went way, 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 way up. Because I think Nathaniel Wood is, uh, like I said, I think he is a potential top 20, top 15 guy with the right wins. So I put him against a guy who I do have in my top 20. Uh, Ricardo Hamos. I think Ricardo Hamos, uh, people might say maybe he's too far ahead. But like I said, the rankings from in a certain range at Featherweight are really, really tight. So I have him way ahead of Wood in my rankings, but I don't think it's the gap is as big as it sounds. Um, it's a very tough fight for both guys, but I don't think we need to slow roll I'm Nathaniel Wood. I think we, he's pretty experienced. Um, and yeah, I think you treat him like a veteran featherweight. I know it's only a second fight in the division, but I think you book him like a veteran. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to go that high and see what he can do with uh, with Ricardo. I, 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 feel, I feel a certain way about your pick, AK, because I like it. It makes sense. But I'm also a little disappointed in you. Because I know what you're going to say. But there's there's one reason, that's right there. And there's a reason I didn't it, pick this name. There's okay. A I, I mean, th- there's, I mean, there's only one choice here. Of course. You take a guy, you take the two guys outside of the top 15 with the most momentum in this division and you just match them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, we have a hashtag that's very yep. easily done. Nate yep. on Nate. Yeah. It's Nathaniel Wood versus Nate Landwehr. That is, that uh, is course. the fight. That is the fight. Uh, I unfortunately 
after Nate Landwehr's last win, I did select Lerone Murphy for him. Uh, I believe Lerone is still free. So I have to, I, by my own rules, hashtag rules rule, uh, I cannot I cannot change my pick. I, re- I refuse to do it, though I think the Nate-on-Nate Nate matchup obviously would be amazing. Um, but I very I very short-sightedly went with the Nate uh, Lerone Murphy rebooking. A Nate, hashtag Nate on Nate would not surprise me at all. So for anyone, of course, anyone listening, of course I didn't forget about Nate Landwehr, one of my favorite fighters currently in the UFC. Uh, him and Wood would be fantastic. But I think it works. Rules. This all works out great because you could do Nate on Nate and then Landwehr fought Onama, Wood fought Jordan, and now we can match those two guys up because who's going to complain about freaking Charles Jordan versus David Onama? That's, that's sure. the perfect way to go. All right, let's head to the wild card round. We will select one fighter we have a match made for. We'll match make for him right now. AK, who do you got? Got to go with the 19th second man. Uh, Avis Avis Magomedov, uh, fantastic. You know, his 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 debut was pretty um, pretty highly anticipated. I remember when he got signed, and uh, there was a couple of delays. You know, um, I don't know if it was injuries, visa, all kinds of stuff, but it was not quite. A, it was about eight eight nine months that uh, he was supposed because I think he was supposed to fight in December. So uh, and he almost lost this fight, but again, big props, Dustin Stoltzfus stepping in, saying, "Yep, yeah, I'll take on this absolute killer." Uh, and of course, it got put away again under 20 seconds. But Abus looked fantastic, just like I said with Nathaniel Wood. We do not need to slow roll this guy. He's very, very, very experienced. Um, this was his 30th pro fight, I think. So yeah, people can say, well, it wasn't in the UFC. It doesn't matter. He's been fighting for some um, good promotions uh, around the world. He's clearly a, a top guy. Again, I didn't, I didn't like throw him in the top 30 of my rankings or anything, but I'm ready to give him a top 15 opponent Ooh. in. The listen, this guy is the litmus test. I have a lot of respect for him, um, but he is generally the guy you put uh, up and coming fighters against. Normally, you wait, you know, after a couple of UFC appearances, two or three UFC appearances. But this time, I'm going to uh, give it to uh, Abus Magomedov in just his second fight for the UFC. Uh, let's go, Brad Tavares. Let's go, Brad Tavares. That's a good pick. I thought, I thought we were gonna have a friends for a moment for a minute. Oh, you almost talked me into going higher because the one I wanted, and I I didn't actually go with it was Avis versus Kelvin Gastel. That's the one I uh, wanted to go uh, with. I wanted sure. to go that, and they could still do that, and I think mm-hmm. that's actually totally fine because I think he's that good. I think he's that good. However, I'm going slightly, like, just a small step back from yours. A guy who's probably, he's probably ranked, like, number 18 in the division right now. He's not the middleweighty middleweight champion of the world because that guy's booked against this guy's really good buddy. Give me Abus versus Gerald Mearshart. Just give it to me because that's just wild and chaotic. And if Mearshart can weather an early storm, it's a really interesting fight down the stretch. And I think that's a next, that's a really good step up because Gerald Mearshart is no pushover. He's a top 20 guy. And you beat Gerald Mearshart, you're probably a top 15 middleweight in the world. So I'll go with that. I did want to go gas him so badly, but I backed off slightly. Um, this is still a good fight. So I'll go with that. Eh- and as we have said multiple times, Gerald is the ultimate. Put a name on the contract. I, I don't care. I don't care if this person's on a ten-fight win streak. I don't care if this guy is coming off a nineteen-second knockout. Put send me the contract. I will sign. I'll fight. And, and again, sometimes it worked out for him. Sometimes it doesn't. But I mean, he is no. He is not afraid of anyone. And uh, if anyone can derail a hype train uh, like Avis, uh, it could certainly be Gerald Mearshart. So yeah, I mean that was definitely something I thought about as well. And nobody. Nobody in this space has believed in Gerald Mearshart more than no. I have. Yep. I have picked yep. him to win 
Every all, fi- all the last five fights he was in, I picked him, and Hamzat? that includes the Hamzat fight, oh. which was in the high. It was just the interview that he did with me. I was just like, "Damn, like this dude's ready." And then I saw him in the cage as Shamayev walked in and saw the look in his eyes. I was like, "Ooh, this is probably not a good choice." Uh, but man, he's bounced back with four finishes and five fights. Uh, the Jocko fight wasn't pretty, but you know what the man did? He changed everything up. He went down to. Sanford MMA went down to Florida and he just put the boots to Bruno Silva. It was great. It was great. Great performance. Bruno so. Silva and, and Mahmoud Murdov, two like guys, again, who were saying like two two newcomers to the UFC who most veterans would be like, uh, you know, let them let them get a little more UFC experience before I take them on. You know, let them let them build themselves up before I put my name on the line against theirs. Beat them both. And Beat no one wanted to fight. Men's. Mahmoud Meridoff. No. Nobody did. He was and, on like a, a 16 fight win streak or something. It was crazy. Yep. And Gerald stopped him before the halfway point so maybe abis is next yeah do we have any extracurriculars before we go to the peeps a little bit uh marcus mcgahey calls us the paris is burning edition you know we kind of just just kind of give some props to the crowd which for the most part is pretty good we said we, we said it was maybe just below uh the ufc's first trip to london this year but as far as uh as european crowds go absolutely outstanding well great 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 effort from the uh, from the parisians uh hayes with third i'm gonna give him a point i'm gonna give him a point he uh i believe he correctly predicted a scoop that you broke uh, or recently, Mr. Mike Heck, Alex Perez versus Amir Albazi. So that's going down December 17th. And I, if other people had it I, and I missed it, I apologize. But I, I only have uh, Hayes reminded me yep. uh, that he'd said it. So I said, all right, Hayes, there's, there you go. Take, I picked that uh, one as well, which the which I mean, I'm not taking the point. He could have the point. No, you, have get, it you both get a point. Nope. I want him to have the whole point. No, oh, wow. no split C's. He gets you it. So ma- you are so magnanimous. You, See, you, I'm honest. the people's I'm the people's guy, you know. This I might what, call you out, but then I always bring it back to even keel. This is why you're my best friend. It's not because <laughs> it's not because your endless knowledge of MMA. It's not because of your incredible interview skills. It's not because you resemble the high and mighty Dana White. None of the, <laughs> those are all good reasons to be friends with you. It is your generosity and your kindness. It, 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 I, I am so privileged. I'm so privileged to know you. <laughs> And uh, while while we're on that positive note, I will just wish a happy birthday to Jonathan Dillon, uh, who just said this is the this is the first time who specifically tagged tagged it for the show on the next one. This email this is the first time I reached out to one of the MMA fighting crew, and I want to express how grateful I am for all of you. Like many people, I discovered you all during the worst days of COVID, and since then, my knowledge and love for the sport has only grown. I don't have any picks because I'm not confident in matchmaking, and I'd never offer you all doo doo on my birthday of all days. Never. Much love. Warmly. Jonathan. So happy birthday, you, Jonathan. Jonathan. Happy birthday. Yeah, this is uh, sorry. Uh, Saturday was his birthday. So, uh, yes, happy birthday, Jonathan. Sweet. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. 
Uh, do you want to go through the the rules and regs? Yeah, just a quick yeah, quick disclaimer, guys. Of course, uh, now we get to the listener picks categories rules. You know, like Mr. Hayes with third. If you're the only person who picked a fight, or the only person that uh, either of us remembers, you get a point. Uh, you may uh, please people watch out for uh, wrong. This happened a few. Oh, gosh, every time wrong weight classes that the people fight already. Uh, notable injuries that we know someone's gonna be out for a long time, so it doesn't make sense to match make for them. Releases. This one's always kind of tricky. I'm a bit lenient with that. Um, fighter could already be booked. Uh, people are teammates. There's another one, the hard to keep track of, etc. So, guys, just you know, just do a little extra research before you throw names out there. Because, uh, Mike, we got a, uh, I got a double doo doo. Oh uh, boy, I got. Yeah, yeah, I got, a, I got some bad ones. I got yeah. a bad one from one, some one person. Yeah, I was gonna do that. And, kind uh, of like a doo doo alert because I got some doo doo as well. So special rules, uh, just for reasons. Uh, regarding anything, like there was a lot of Cannoneer and Strickland matchups because there's a bunch of middleweight fights on here. Uh, obviously not doo-doo if you threw that out there, again, because we don't know if that's getting rebooked. So I'm just not going to read most of those because I do think that fight is still going to happen. But again, um, I have kept track of them. So And we certainly it's certainly not guaranteed that that fight stays together. So um, everyone who sent out picks for Cannoneer, mentioning Cannoneer or Strickland, they're fine. Just probably I'm probably not going to read the ones I got today. And uh, Stephanie Egger... I will say applicable for any weight class, according to her anyway, because uh, yeah. I did get matchups for her at flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight. That's exactly what she said in her post-fight speech. She said, I just want to fight. Put me up, put me down at 125. I don't care. So, uh, yeah, those are all fair game. Anyone who sent in uh, Egger fights at uh, any any of the three women's weight classes, <gasps> you're uh, – oh, not three. Sorry. Three three of the heaviest, heavier weight class, not straw weight. Uh, you guys are A-OK. Uh, well, hang on one second. I gotta okay. Look. Oh, never mind. Dog's going in. Perfect. All right. Never mind. No delay whatsoever. We're just going to keep it going. Uh, Matt Steen kicks us off. Shout out to him. First time submitter of on to the next one. He likes Gone versus Blades. Whitaker versus Paulo Costa if his injury heals somewhat quickly. He likes Imovov versus Gasolum. Kopilov versus Puna Soriano. That was a popular one. Nate on Nate. Wood versus Landwehr. Gomez versus Camuelo Kirk. Another great pick. Abu versus Wellington Terman. Benoit Saint-Denis versus Jordan Levitt. Benoit mm-hmm. Saint-Denis is kind of interesting, and I'll bring his name back up in a little while. Okay. Uh, Robbie Ryan, happy Father's Day, gentlemen. That's what he says. Uh, Gone versus Ngana rematch is clearly the fight to book. If Francis is not going to fight, then Gone's next fight is for the strap regardless. Bam Bam, not down and out. Give him Pavlovich. Whitaker proved he is a class above every middleweight not named Israel Adesanya. Best case scenario for Rob is Pereira beats Izzy and he gets another title fight. If not, Costa, I guess. I think we we, we go to the doo doo alert, uh, and I, I hate I hate calling him out because he's so active when it comes to these events, and he does something that hopefully he's paying attention and he changes because it kind of drives me a little wild. But it's okay. We're we're all friends here. Dad Jackson. He likes to put out his picks one at a time. As soon as the fight ends, he puts in a pick. And then sometimes right. he changes his mind and puts in another one. Like, just do one list. It, it makes my life a little bit easier. But I love you anyways, Dad. Jackson. Listen, listen, Mike, I stopped responding to those. And I think that's why he went back to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he likes Hack Barass versus Terrence McKinney. Not a bad idea. Nathaniel Wood versus Ryan Hall if Hall is healed up soon. If not... I want to kill Nathaniel Wood. <laughs> if not, Wood versus Bruce Leroy. Sierra beats Jones or Stipe, in my opinion. Not sure he beats Ngannou, though. Ty versus Pavlovich. Imovov versus Chris Curtis. Uh, Kopilov versus Puna. And then we get into the doo-doo. Gomez versus Mike Trezano. Mike Trezano is booked to fight Young Wu Choi in November. 
Maga Madoff versus Phil Haas. Phil Haas booked to fight Roman Delize. So back-to-back doo-doo, uh, but we still forgive you. Canadian Bryant began in Fran- with, with some French, uh, and I didn't have time to translate it. So, Okay. <laughs> you can shoot it to me, and I can, I can give it a shot. All right, I will do that you right now. You want to copy and paste that? I will copy and I'll paste. I'll give it a shot. My French is not fantastic, but... Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to multitask as this is happening here. Uh, Wildcard picked Benoit Santini versus Jai Herbert. That's pretty. That's pretty fun Very fight. I am. I am. I am not opposed to that whatsoever. Let me send this on over. Multitasking. Boom. Boom. Nathaniel Wood versus the loser of Julian Rosa versus Hakeem Duwadu, which is going down at UFC 279. Gomez versus Charles Rosa. If he's not released from the UFC, couldn't find anything that said he is. Uh, Charles Rosa. We are banning Rosa for a little while. He just, like, literally just, like, 48 hours ago had shoulder surgery. So he's going to be out for a little while. So we will uh, put a put a temporary ban on Charles Rosa until oh. he recovers. Okay. Kopilov versus Nick Maximoff. Imovov versus Marvin Vittori. I feel like you can get a yeah. little middleweight Grand Prix going with the fight I mentioned here. Plus Izzy versus Alex. Derek versus Jack. And maybe Dupala versus Sean. Jared versus Andre. Calvin versus Darren, too. I get he's got the whole division match. That's, that's a big Grand Prix. Yeah, that's a legitimate Grand Prix. And he says Rob should just take take his time, take some time off, and bulk up and go to two hundred five. John Ray, Jed versus. Oh, should, should I read the French? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, read the French. Uh, uh, again, I, I I should use Google Translate, but I'm going to try and do this off my head. Uh, this was Canadian Brian, right? This was Canadian Brian. Yep. Canadian Brian said, uh, "J'espère que vous allez bientôt les deux aujourd'hui," which I I think he's saying, "I hope that you two." Uh, you two have a great have you have a great day today or something. Oh, sweet. John Ray, Jed versus BC was the Lawler versus Condit of BTL. Awesome. And the wrong guy won. All right. Uh Frezian versus Rafa Garcia, Hakparas versus Vince Pichel, Wood versus the Feely Algio winner, Vittoria versus Muniz, Whitaker versus Costa, Tai Tuivasa versus Rosestrade Dacus winner, Gone versus the title fight loser. Let's go to Toby. Let's see if we have anything different here. Um do, do, do. Buckley versus Terman. Gomez versus Hamos. Wow, he's going way high there. Aaron's versus Lingo. Wood versus Danny Ige. I actually like that idea as well. Jordan versus Caceres. Uh, Abu Saipian versus Oleg Stoltzfus, Kizriev, Zam, Bahamandes, Figlak, Slav. Wow, he did freaking everybody. <laughs> Santanese, Rebecca, Miranda, Herbert. Quinones, Montel Jackson, Edgar Pudilova, Perez versus Haley Cowan. I actually, yeah. that's a fine one. I saw a few Megamedos versus Oleksiychuk's and and people and a couple of people asking, is this too much too soon? Again, I really don't think it is. No. Uh, now again, I, I do you want to keep them apart because you think both of them have potential, you know, to be like top fifteen guys? That might be a reason not to do that matchup. But as far as like is Oleksiychuk too far ahead of him competitively? Like I really don't think so. Again, Megamedov has a lot of experience before the UFC. So we have some more doo doo. I love you, oh, Tino boy. Alvarez, but a double doo doo here. Tino. Uh, two and a half. Kind of two and a half doo doos. Stephanie Edgar versus Jocelyn Edwards. Fine. Christian Quinones versus Kyung Ho Kang. Fine. Benoit Santini versus Matt Frivola, who is booked November 12th, UFC 281, Mad Square Garden, against Atman Azaitar. So he is already booked. Freziem versus Manuel Torres. Nazrat Hakparas versus Drakar Close. This is not officially a doo-doo pick because 
Marco Madsen is coming out and saying that he's fighting Drakkar Close in October. He's gone on his own shows and said that this fight is happening. Okay. I am told that is not wholly accurate at this time. In fact, I had one person tell me that they would be stunned if it does happen on the date that Madsen is saying that it's booked on. So stay tuned for that. Apparently, okay. Drakkar Close has one fight left in his deal. So there's some stuff going on there. So. Okay. But that's not doo-doo. That's not doo-doo. No, that's not doo-doo. No, no. Okay. But this one is doo-doo. Abus versus Cody Brundage. Cody Brundage is booked November 19th to fight Hidalfo Vieira. Come on, baby. Listen, and I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're going on a website that is called rankingmma.com. I guarantee you that's what you're doing. A very and you're good going website. To, it's a, a very, very good, good website. website. Tremendous yeah. website. And what you're doing is you're going down the list and you're looking at names that don't have other names next to them. And you're assuming that they don't have a fight booked. But then if you go to Tapology, I highly recommend you take the extra step and go to yes. Tapology and just yeah. check to see if they have a fight. Because there's oftentimes it takes them weeks to catch up with all the fight booking. So I, th- yeah. I think we've laid down the groundwork. No more doo-doo picks. Come on. Uh, I know ra- what you're ra- doing. I think we figured M- it out. Yeah. Ranking MMA is a great site, but uh, like uh, listing future matchups is not their priority. That's like they, they'll do it, but it's not like their number one thing that they're trying to do. Yeah, their rankings are very close to where yeah. I would have them. Very too, good. So yeah, very good thing. Uh, he also Nate on Nate Gomez Lingo Imavov Ga- Gastelum Gerard Biagin. This is the last one. Gone Blades Tuivasa Rosenstrike Win or lose Whitaker Pereira Win or lose Vittori Muniz Imavov versus the Allen Yako winner. No need to rush him. Buckley versus the Cheaty Rodriguez loser. I'm cool with that. Uh, Gomez versus Shane Young, Wood versus Kulibau, Santini versus Ladova Klein, Magomedov, Jacob Malkoon. So here's my Benoit Santini question for you, AK. What are your thoughts? December 10th, Benoit Santini versus Patty Pimblett. I, I should have known. That's what I, 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 had a, I had a feeling once you started queuing it up, that was where that was going. Um... I mean, I like it. I like it personally because, again, I've I've been one of the sort of uh, supporters of Patty, at least as far as his fighting goes. Like, I do think he's better than people give him credit for. Uh, and I think Saint Denis, I, I I love that he has bounced back from that first fight because one, it was a weight, it was welterweight. It was against a super good guy in uh, Elizu uh, Zaleski, um, and then there was an incompetent referee who almost let him die. So, there, like, l- listen, in MMA, like, there's a we've seen many times where that first impression you get is like all you're remembered for, for the rest of your career. And you just never bounce back. Um, who was the young man? He's back in the regional scene now. Uh, he was an amazing grappler and he, Max he's Roshkoff? doing, uh, Roshkoff. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's uh, doing great. good news. He's, he's, he's got a long-term exclusive deal with Bellator now. Oh, Bellator. Yeah. He's about, oh, to, yeah, make wait, his, about to make his Bellator debut. Did I write that? Anyway, um, yeah, cause, but he was he he was with Cage Warriors. They did a couple of shows in the U.S. He won both of his fights with Cage Warriors, and he looks great. And hopefully his story isn't over. But I mean, right now, the first thing people think of when they mention anyone, uh, most fans would say, "You bring up Max Roscoff and think, oh, the guy who quit on on national television, whatever, whatever." I think he'll be better than that. Hopefully, Sandini thankfully has already fought twice since that Zaleski fight, and um, yeah, and looked great against Nicholas Stolski and looked great against Gabriel Miranda. And now uh, we're talking about him being a potential French star. As opposed to again a footnote in one of the you know atrocious most atrociously refereed fights. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the Patty Pimlet question, which I have been uh, deftly avoiding answering. I like it. I like it. I like it. I don't know if that's a. I think Sandini is really good. I think it's a very winnable fight for Patty. I think Patty will be a huge favorite going in. Really? Oh, just because of the name value. 
name value. He's a two to yeah, one. Yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he, he. I think he's that much better than him, but based on the name, yeah, he's two to one, uh, minus two fifty maybe even. Um, but I do, but I, but it is a fight I think he can win. I do fight that he can win. So that's a that's an excellent suggestion, uh, my best friend. They should probably. I like. I'm I'm making that an official pick. I oh. like I like Whoa. I I like this idea. I like this idea a lot. Because I have to t- make a new pick because I picked Jamie Malarkey and they okay. just went ahead and, and screwed that up and booked him Malarkey against somebody else. Mm-hmm. Let me say this about Benoit Santini. I love the matchup. I would pick Benoit Santini right now to win that fight. And this might be a little hot take. Maybe maybe Soren Bach is the actual answer to this. But mm-hmm. Benoit Santini would be the toughest opponent Patty has ever faced in his career. It would be the toughest fight he's ever had. Let's be clear about the matchups he's been getting for the last several years. Very favorable matchups in his favor. This would not be because Benoit Santini does a lot of things Patty does well, probably better than he does. He is a better striker than Patty. That is un- that is not a debate. He's a better striker. Patty might have a, a little bit of a grappling edge mostly because of his physicality, but Benoit is a really good top-heavy grappler. I actually think this is a really good fight. I think this is actually perfect. And I will say this, into a live microphone right now, if they book this fight and Patty Pimblett goes out there and does to Benoit Saint-Denis what he has done to, to his last three opponents in the UFC, I will be on board. I will be closer to where you're at, AK. I will be closer to where okay. you're at when it comes to viewing Patty Pimblett. I still will, will die on this hill that Patty Pimblett will never, ever fight for a UFC title. But I will be more of a believer. When people bring up top 20 matchups and stuff like that, I will no longer scoff at them like I do now. Like, I literally laugh at some of the Patty suggestions that I get right now. But if he goes out there and beats Benoit Santini and he finishes him, I will be... I will change my mind a little bit. I will be more on the, all right, this guy's better than I thought train. That was like, so, almost I thought you were making like a huge commitment, but then I think you kind of pulled it back at the end. Um, I, and I will say, even I think a title fight would be out of the question, but I think a, my, more, more, my bigger question would be a top 15 ranking. Can you, can you get a top 15 ranking? I think so. In the illustrious. I will say he MMA has, he ranking. has a glimmer of hope if he beats okay. Benoit Santini. Right now, I don't think he okay. does. Because you don't need to book him that way. But if he goes out and beats a guy like Santini, I'm not a believer, but I am I'm definitely more on board. I definitely think there's more to him than I've given him credit for. I feel like that's still not a very powerful endorsement. Even, it's still but, really good. Listen, okay. I will come on here and I will a say great things about him. That he might get ranked. But he's a star and he makes he's probably gonna make way more money than I do, and that's great. I would like to see that fight happen. I don't think it does. But I would like to. See. I'm if, still bummed. And that's the, the problem. That's the problem. UFC, you missed out on on Pimblet Ferguson. You booked Ferguson in this cockamamie Li Jingliang matchup. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Should have been Ferguson versus Pimblet. I, I thought we. I thought I had spoken it into the universe, and I failed. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Back to the. the we, 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 the, episode, uh, the the ninth straight episode where we went on a Patty Pimblet tangent <laughs> for no for no good reason. I mean, there's at least a reason here. At least you're talking was about there, somebody Mike? who fought on this card. Was there? 
Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, uh, Gone Blades, Gone Miocic, Gone Pavlovich, all very popular picks. I want to read what people had to say about uh, Miocic. Jay Donaghy saying uh, he likes this matchup just because he says, I have absolutely no reason to believe uh, John Jones fights again. Uh, Jay, I don't think I don't think you're alone in that one. I think everyone's kind of taking a I'll believe it when I see it approach with John Jones because it has been a while. Uh, and Stephen Breiter uh, justifying Gon versus Miocic by saying, Sido uh, looks great and we learned that he can also take a shot. I want the Stipe fight. Feels like a changing of the guard fight, but also super high level. And I'm getting the feeling Stipe is going to get looked over for the title since John Jones waited long enough to just walk into the Francis fight. This leaves uh, this leaves poor Curtis Blades uh, sitting outside the picture again, of course. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of people have Tui Vasa versus Aspinall, which I like. Uh, obviously, we, Aspinall has to recover from the injury. But, you know, if Tui Vasa wants to wait, which I could see him wanting to do, this was a very tough fight and one that I bet he probably put probably the mo- like his entire life into preparing for. Um, he may want to take some time off. He might not want to return for the end of the year and hopefully a speedy recovery for Aspinall. So maybe if we don't see Tui Vasa for a bit, I actually think that's like the best possible matchup. It's just, yeah, we really just don't know um, Aspinall's timetable. Uh, Imovov versus Duplessis, very popular. I like, I like that too. Kopilov versus Maximov, I like that. Uh, a lot of Nate on Nate. And there was a lot of... Did you get... I think you mentioned this. Uh, Egger versus Pudalova. I think I got a couple of those. I am amazing. So we got almost, I got like six. So we got almost wow. like ten people. So UFC, make this matchup happen. Apparently there's some there's some real heat behind Stephanie Egger and uh, Lucia Pudalova. So uh, make it happen, I guess. Uh, going to email first, our pal Casey Carpenter. Always saying nice things and always sending in fun picks. Uh, light heavyweight option for Whitaker, Diego Santos. Yeah, um, that's how I book Vittori too. Yeah, someone I think we mentioned on the show as like one of the light heavyweights who either Whitaker or Vittori, if they went up there, probably would have a decent chance of beating. Uh, and, and he's a former middleweight anyway. Uh, and as for Ty, just put him against someone in KO, let him do his shoeys. I think he just increases stardom by how tough he was. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I'm not going to read out. Uh, Tristan, our pal Tristan Gordet, Nathaniel Wood versus Onama. Abus Magomedov versus the Enjokuani Rodriguez winner. I like that. September 17th. Um, Instagram. Let's go to Instagram. We have another friend from Italy. So shout out to Francesco, of course, for I think being the first. But now we have Catalano. Catalano says. Uh, nice. Yes. Uh, let's see. Joaquin Buckley versus Calvin Gaslam. Loser goes back to welterweight. I, I would love it if something convince, could convince Gaslam to go back to welterweight. That's just not happening. And uh, Marvin versus Darren Till. It makes too much sense not to happen. Lots of love for Italy. Hope it wasn't uh, this message didn't come in too late. No, Catalano, right on time. Uh, our pal Otno and MMA fighting memes, Michael Conifrey, Saint Denis versus Mason Jones. Uh, <laughs> Mike, you love um, former Cage Warriors fighters and how they do in their debuts. I think you were saying that the other day. You're such a fan of how uh, these hyped up Cage Warriors guys do. When they uh, finally step up in the octagon, isn't that? Uh, <laughs> I will say, but listen. Well, Mason Jones had an amazing. Ma- just, Mason Jones, Jones, Jones amazing, versus Mike Davis lost, was a ridiculous he lost, fight. He, he did have an amazing debut. All right, all right, I'm just being, I'm just being snark. This is a snarky comment regarding Mr. Uh, Michael Figalek. Yeah, that was bad. That was a that was a bad showing. Uh, I think Fred Zim was really for, good. I'm gonna give more credit to Zim. Right, I think he fought but, like the best version of. Fred but he was like a minus two fifty favorite. Uh, like you can go out there and win. I, I I think there's a gambling trend. Like Jed has said. Flyweight unders, yep. heavyweight overs. overs, but I think there is money to be made on Cage Warriors fighters making their UFC debut and betting against them. It's happened a few times. I think Jai Herbert, I want to say back a in the lot. day. A lot. It's happened yeah, a Jai lot. Losses. 
Uh, well, I'll, we'll, we'll do, you know what? We'll crunch the numbers. We'll crunch the we numbers. Will. Um, we will. No disrespect, Cage Warriors, a fine organization or the prospects that come out of there. Uh, you know, well, I'll tell you one uh, when Mr. Patty Pimblett, very successful. So uh, I'm just saying. I mean, listen, saying. it's Conor McGregor, Michael Conor Bisping. McGregor, sure. As, as the great Wesley Snipes said on White Men Can't Jump, even the light shines on the dog's ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm just uh, okay. It's Going just to continue. Stick it with Instagram. Matt, uh, oh, I like this one from uh, Michael Connor as well. Hack Pras versus Tiago Moises. I think that's a sensible, could be a fun matchup. Uh, Matt Bradbury, I'm gonna, uh, some of these you've read already, Mike, so I'll go uh, Gomez versus Daniel Pineda. I kind of like that. Imovov versus Kenir Vittori Muniz, sure. And Mayheads, Kapilov versus uh, Al Hassan. Uh, Gomez versus TJ Brown. Yeah, that's about the right range. Uh, they're with me on Nathaniel Wood versus Ricardo Hamos. Uh, Edgar versus uh, recent contender series signing. I think you mentioned this one. H- Haley Cowan, right? Someone sent you that, right? Edgar Cowan? Uh, Allen or Island. Oh, they want Island Perez versus Cowan. Cowan. Yeah. I think it makes sense for either of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Wes Scroggins had a. Uh, Vittori versus Curtis. Is there some reason this can't happen? Did there, was there, they're not friends or anything, right? Am I? I don't think so. Why did I think they were friends? Anyway, Curtis, no, and I, Strick, Curtis and Strickland are buds. Curtis and Strickland are buds. Okay, right. I, I think maybe he'd he said something about Vittori before. Anyway, yeah. So Wes Grogan's fine pick, Vittori versus uh, Chris Curtis. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, James Sherwood. Yeah, Gomez versus Onama. There we go. All right. Twitter. Let's run through this Twitter somewhat quickly here. Chris at Dragon Slayer 2. Zium versus Jared Gordon. I saw a lot of uh, Hack Pross versus Jared Gordon as well. I think that makes a lot of sense. I actually would love to see Hack Pross and, and Jared Gordon fight. Um, oh, Mike, skeptical? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I feel like I'm just just feeding you a hose full of haterade on this episode, but I don't know what it is, man. Like, I've just not been sold on Nakarat Hack Pross. There's just I don't know like even oh. even this win over McDessie like yeah. it was fine but yeah. I'm not like I, I don't know he just I feel like he has all the tools to make me way more excited about him than I am I just I'm just not all that excited he about him he can't beat top twenty guys yeah uh, it's just he just can't uh, Drew Dober Dan Hooker Bobby Green all very like convincing law, uh, wins for his opponents like it wasn't like he was like in these fights it was like the three toughest fights he's had in his career, uh, he has not looked good. Yeah, it has. Like this wasn't a clear cut, like blew the doors off win. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I saw people who scored the fight for McDessie. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with that, but because the like the first round was super close. I thought McDessie won the second and Nazareth won the third, but one could have easily gone to McDessie. I have to go back and watch it, but yeah, this was. A, I mean. It, I think Jared Gordon, I think he'd have a rough time with Jared Gordon. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, but, I, but, I like, but I actually like the match. I'd like to see. I think this, I want to say, yeah, like I said, it wasn't dominant, but maybe a bit of a turning of the corner for Nazareth uh, as far as like being able to handle a more veteran opponent because he's really stumbled against veterans. So, I mean, uh, McDessie, again, not like a, a top 30 guy or a top 25 guy or anything, but certainly a veteran challenge. Um, so for him to pull out a win, you know, however you scored it, uh, uh, good for him. Um There'll be more about Nazareth. He, he's only 27. He's only 27. So I've, I want to say we have, we have yet to even see the best of Nazareth Hawk Press. So good, good for him. Uh, the combat guy, uh, Gomez versus Herbert Burns. Benoit Saint-Denis versus Ludovic Klein. I actually think that's really likely to happen. And uh, Quinones versus Damone Blackshear, which is kind of nice. Should Herbert be on the ban list for a little while? Herbert Burns? Yeah. Um, what did he, Didn't he have a really what? bad injury? 
from that last fight he had. What was it? Um, ribs or something? Uh, I'm sorry. It was a very strange fight. It was a very like regrettable. It's performance. a knee. It's it's a knee injury. Oh yeah, it was a knee. Yeah. So oh that's right. Yeah, so he couldn't he couldn't like get up after. I want to say like, um, I don't know if it was a torn ACL, but it was it was pretty bad. We can uh, okay. We can tentatively put him on the list for now. So probably will not be fighting uh, William Gomez anytime soon. Uh, Liam Perry. Let me read what Liam had to write about Whitaker versus Muniz. Uh, Whitaker put on a show masterclass in the last rounds. Um, even if Pereira, excuse me, beats Izzy, there'll be a rematch. So he isn't getting a television anytime soon. Mm, I don't know about that. Unfortunately, he is going to have to fight backwards again and knock off a rising contender by process of eliminating people. He's fought in winning series. I've landed on Muniz. So did I. Uh, there are a lot of options open to Whitaker, though. Um, so, yeah. I'm kind of, and uh, for Vittori, he says Duplessis. So. Braden O'Neill, Gomez versus Jamal Emmers. That's the name I was looking at. Zium versus Jesse Ronson, Joaquim Silva winner, October 1st. I just want to remind people that Joaquim Silva is fighting again. It's been a while. Mike Sondanee versus Jim Miller. I like that one. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I'm down. Let's go. Okay. Okay. They, they, those are two, uh, two fine beards that would be going up against each other. That's for sure. That'd Fantastic be a great. Beard. That'd be a good scrap. I'm, yeah, in, great I'm in for that. Steven Breider throwing out, uh, I don't love this one, Abus Magomedov versus uh, Petrosky. Like, I like the matchup. I just kind of want to keep, I, I'm a believer that Petrosky is like a legitimate guy, but he's also very young, uh, not young, but very inexperienced. And I want, to, I, I want them to invest in Petrosky. Mm, I mean, if they do it, fine. I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's fine. It just wouldn't be my choice. I, I think I think they have something Petrosky. I really do. Or you could do Abus versus Mirshard, and the winner gets Petrosky because Mirshard wants that Petrosky fight. Uh, Stephen Breider, by the way, has also chosen Chaos Whitaker versus Shemaev. Um, Let's go! Make it happen. I think that's the last test for Bobby at 185. And if he beats him, he has a really good shot at a third goal with Izzy. I think Hamza would do this after the Nate fight because there's no telling when I get the Wesleyweight shot. Beating Bobby puts him next for it. Did you write? Are you? Did you write this? Uh, he could be first in line for two belts at once and losing to a beast like Rob wouldn't take away much shine. So this is, uh, this is, uh, uh the Mike Heck burner here that I just read from, uh, four corners sports NY also has a light heavyweight choice for Whitaker. Uh, Mike Anthony Smith. We'll see what the injuries timeline holds, but yeah, not horrible. Uh, Nathaniel Wood versus Duho Choi. Where is Duho? I felt like he had to do. I assume he had to do the mandatory military service in South Korea, right? That was part of the reason he's been out. But I believe he was booked for a fight last year um, and just got an injury. So I don't know if he's he's definitely not retired. I didn't hear anything about a retirement, but boy, he is certainly taking his time um, coming back. It, it has been a while since Duho Choi has fought. He was supposed to fight Danny Chavez in July. Not this year, last year. Right? Last, this year, year last year, just past last July, year. a year ago, thirteen months ago, four, almost fourteen yeah, months ago. So uh, and Choi got injured. So okay, so maybe who it's knows? Still, still dealing with that. He's thirty-one now. Can you believe that? Korean Superboy is so thirty-one. Crazy. He's Korean Superman now, and he still looks like he still looks like he's like nineteen. Um, though I actually haven't seen every recent picture of him, so I could be wrong. Uh, Hawk Paras versus Venata. I mean, Venata's a featherweight now, but I guess it's not crazy. He might go back up to one fifty-five. I would watch. I'd watch that fight. Oh, I'd love it. I just don't know if he's going back. So I didn't want to call this doo doo because it's not inconceivable he goes back to 155. I don't think that's his plan. I know uh, he had a fight fall through recently, and it was a 145 pound bout. So there's no indication he's going back to lightweight, but it, it might not hurt him to do it. And a fight with Hackfrost would actually be like really good for him. Um, Dax, I like uh, Nathaniel Wood versus Lerone Murphy. Sure, thank you, Dax. 
Uh, I'll read some from Marcus McGahey again, who always gives us our show titles. Uh, just some deep cuts. Coppola versus Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer? 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 Joe Pfeiffer? Joe Pfeiffer's Joe Pfeiffer. booked. Come on. No, 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 no. Pfeiffer Amadovsky winner. Oh, so, okay. Sorry. No, no. Marcus rarely. Sorry. Marcus, my yes. apologies. And, and, and he also is one of the few listeners who always provides the date, which helps me because I always like to read them out. Um, Avis Megamedov versus Zach Cummings. This is a weird one just because I, I feel like Cummings is retired and just hasn't said it. He's very James Krause right now yes, where he's right. coaching and he's I believe he's running a promotion right now yeah, as well. He has a lot of other things going on besides fighting. And I feel like he's just and he's done. also very close with James. So maybe he's yeah. just like, oh, James did this. And so I'll do the same thing. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah. So and he's getting older. He's getting up there in age. So I don't know if Zach Cummings is coming back. Um, and I, but Frank, I wouldn't want to throw him into the wolves with Avis. It's just that's not a nice thing to do. No, not after the slung. <laughs> Uh, at someone's online says uh, Imovov versus Hermanson. If he w- win, lose, or draw versus Brunson, that's going down. Of course, uh, UFC Orlando December third. I just want to see. I just want to say UFC Orlando. Francesco, as I said before, very sad. Uh, he also has a light heavyweight option for Whitaker. Uh, Jan Blahovitz. Damn. Uh, if I mean, if they don't do Jan versus Ankalaev, like I like, like I don't think Whitaker should jump Ankalaev or anything like that, or Jan. But if he goes to 205, like, he should be in the mix somewhere. That's why I think Tiago Santos is, like, a fine opponent. Guy fought for the title. Like, it's it makes sense. But, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't jump over Bohovic or Ankaliev or Glover or anything like that to mm. do it. What a fun uh, little feather that would be in Bohovic's cap, though, if he beat Whitaker. And, like, he's got wins over Whitaker and Edison. Yeah, like, that'd be so strange. Yeah. He'd be the only, I'm pretty sure he'd be the only one who could say that. Uh uh, Hayes III, I want to read what they had to say about Whitaker. Great showing. Definitely a difficult spot for him now. I know you hate uh, doing contingencies, but I'm doing one. He teased a potential move to 205, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I get his reasoning. So if Izzy beats Alex Pereira, which I think he will, he should move to 205 and fight the Reyes Span winner. Uh, okay. And if Alex Pereira wins, they'd like to do a trilogy, and Rob could fight Paulo Costa to stay active and be ready to fight Alex Pereira if he comes out on top. Uh, Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that's some good logic there. Uh, Reyes, him and Reyes would be interesting. I feel like he'd be giving up. Reyes feels very big to me. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, the, the, did you see that picture with Pereira? He looks smaller than Pereira, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Like he looks way smaller than Pereira. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Coppola versus Treshawn Gore, Josh Fremd winner, October 29th. I just love those obscure picks. Okay, I had to read this one out because this is gonna this is gonna tie to a uh, do pick later. Uh, Hayes likes Avis Magomedov versus uh, Pickett and Dennis Tolulin. Jamie Pickett, Dennis Tolulin, winner, UFC 279, September 10th. Sure, solid pick. Keep that one in mind, guys. This is coming back later. Uh, just a few more to run down here. Uh, oh, oh, say, oh, oh uh, Hayes also said I got a shout-out during the first Zium uh, post-fight interview. Uh, so he says Zium versus Ricky Glenn. And he's like, uh, he wanted to mention I, I got my tweet got on screen, I guess. It was just something like... Um, what a classy performance for some for or something like that. Not, nothing. They should have put on the Takanori Gomez one. That's the one they should have put up on the air, but yeah, whatever. Thomas Collins, Whitaker versus Jamal Hill at light heavyweight. Hear me out on this one. Robert unlikely to get a shot at Israel soon if Pereira wins. Almost certain Alex and Izzy will rematch. Hill in a log jam in the moment with no clear fight for him to move up at 205. Given Rob's comments about the division this week, if it gives Rob a chance to make a statement and Hill an opportunity to build his resume for a title shot, uh, sure. Again, and we're talking about size, though. Jamal Hill would look 
I think, ridiculously big next to Marvel Whitaker. But. So, I mean, it, the one thing about, like, Vittori can move up to 205 right now, and there would be no issue. Whitaker is going to have to take probably six months to a year in order to, like, properly, properly. prepare himself to that. Sure. So, while I like the idea, and it makes sense, I feel like Jamal Hill is probably going to want to fight before that. And who knows if they do book like Jan Bohovic versus Magomed Ankalaev and something happens, the, f- the first guy gets phone calls, Jamal Hill. So it'd be kind of a risky wait for a guy like Jamal. I mean, the, it could be worth the risk with a guy like Robert Whitaker, but yeah, I mean, if you want to do Jamal Hill versus Marvin Vittori, pfft, let's go. Yeah. But I like the idea. I'm not like ruling it out. I just no, feel it's like fun, it's a fun idea. Yeah, I just feel idea. like if Whitaker's gonna move up to 205, he's gonna like take it very, very seriously and take as much time as it needs to get there. Yeah, I, I think there's just more prevalent options for both guys. I, I just don't know if that would that would logically be next for either of them. Yeah. Uh, Scott McCrate, Nathaniel Wood versus Korean Zombie. Not yet. Now we don't know. We you don't like it. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know. Zombie might be on his way out. Zombie sounded very much after the Volkanovski fight like he's like either is just going to retire or maybe has a handful of fights left. Maybe you use one of them for to see uh, what you got with Nathaniel Wood. Unless unless we think, I mean, listen, look, uh, Chancellor I, Jones, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm one of the best 145ers ever. There's a good chance he could just friggin' knock Nathaniel Wood out. But I'm a little bit kind of pessimistic with uh, Zombie's career right now. I do feel like a young gunner like Nathaniel Wood, even though he'd be considerably smaller. I, I think he could beat Zombie. I just, I'm giving, uh, look, Nathaniel Wood's performance is impressive. No doubt about it. And I think Charles Jordan is a very entertaining guy and he's a good fighter. But Charles Jordan is probably a top 35 featherweight, yeah. if we're being honest. And it might even be worse after this performance with the wrestling defense and stuff. Mm-hmm. There are guys that are ranked higher than Nathaniel Wood, in my opinion, that probably have earned that fight more. Sure, sure. Bryce Mitchell, uh, I don't know, Ilya Tapori if he beats Edson Barboza, Bar- Calvin Cater. Bar- I mean, Barbosa, win or lose, Barboza. Yeah, I mean, uh, Evloyev, guys like that who right. are, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't hate, like, if Nathaniel Wood goes and fights Dan Ige next yeah, and beats I think Dan Ige. Ige, give him Korean Zombie. I'm fine That with makes that. a lot of sense. I think Ige makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you want to give him like a ranked guy, that's that's the guy in the rankings. I think. Yeah. Can you imagine um, what like Arnold Allen would feel if Nathaniel Wood got Korean Zombie? <laughs> <God's laughs> uh, but thank you, Scott. I like that suggestion. All right, and uh, lastly, Mike, we gotta we gotta we gotta dispose of some doo doo here. <laughs> John Jonathan Hotz, a regular contributor, not and I don't think a troll, but boy, I don't know if he was trolling me with a couple of these. Okay, so there's some good ones. I, I like Zim versus Ludovic Klein, Sandini versus uh, Mike Davis, Euros Medic winner that's going on October first. Uh, Gomez versus Steven Peterson, sure, I, that's fine. Um, that's about the right range. Then he goes Nathaniel Wood versus Cub Swanson, Jonathan Martinez winner. Put on the due to alarm. Nathaniel Wood left, specifically left 135. Swanson Martinez is down at 135. I don't know if you want to say that either Swanson or Martinez might move up to 145, like or Swanson returns to 145 or Martinez moves up, but I, I don't think that's the plan. I mean, Martinez has been cutting it out at 135 despite being huge for the division. Uh, this just sounds to me like, uh, Jonathan, you didn't, you're didn't. you forgetting that Wood is no longer a bantamweight. Mike, you don't Maybe, look as... Maybe, I don't know. There's, it's a dude, 
Maybe like we oh. we, we saved the. I don't know. I, I'd love to hear more about why this this happens. Maybe he's just. Maybe he just feels like these two guys will fight it featherweight next, or something will maybe. happen between now and then. Uh, you know what? I'm with you, AK. It's a doo doo pick. Okay, it's, I had to think listen, about it, but it's officially. Doo-doo if you didn't pick. think that, if you didn't, if anyone didn't think that was a doo doo pick, <laughs> oh, this God. next one is. This is this is this next one's a wet one. All right. <laughs> Hack Parast versus a, a fight I mentioned earlier for middleweight Avis Magomedov. Hack Parast versus Pickett Tululin winner. What? That's that's a 185. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, I had to. And then I I have to. Jonathan, uh, I know we all joke about this. Hack Parast is not actually Calvin Gaslam. He's not. <laughs> I don't know if he saw the fight and he was just like, oh, Calvin Gaslam fought it on Saturday. He's not actually Calvin Gaslam. He's he is a lightweight. He is a 155er. Um, so I don't know if this pick was meant as a very, very, very like subtle wow. joke. And if so, I mean, I applaud you. No emoji, no LOL or I, aha. No, man. I, I think it's sincere. I, I believe it's sincere. No, no wink or nothing. Um, <laughs> he is not actually Calvin Gaslam. He does not fight at 185 pounds. I don't know where your head was at with that, Jonathan, but that is our, uh, Congratulations, I guess. That's our doo-doo pick of the week. That's the gold medal. Oof. I mean that 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 is that is the that is the official bar for doo-doo picks. <laughs> that's rough. That's yeah. Um yeah, right. that's pretty bad. Uh, all right, guys. Uh you can send your picks to my DMs are open on Twitter, uh at Alexander K. Lee, on Instagram at Alexander K. K. Lee. Hit me up on email, uh Alex.lee at SBNation.com. Uh M underscore heck jr on the ig uh to submit your picks to me and i suck at instagram but i i I do check those every sunday uh for the picks so we'll be back next week we'll be live following ufc 279 and boy i hope this card delivers better than it looks on paper although the top three fights aren't bad we got hamza versus nate diaz I don't think we'll be matchmaking for Nate Diaz, but who knows? Maybe after the post-fight press conference, something will happen, and maybe Nate is back in the UFC. Who the hell knows? Uh, we got Tony Ferguson versus Lee Jingliang. I still don't understand this fight, but we'll probably matchmake for both of those guys. Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez at a catch weight of 180 pounds. Like that fight a lot. That's a good one. And then, boy... Irene Aldana, Macy Chieson, which is actually not a bad fight. Top rank, top 15. I think they're both in our top 15. So there you go. That's Main something. card of a pay-per-view. I don't know. <laughs> uh, then we got Johnny Walker, Iwan Kuchalaba, which I believe right now is the main card opener. I, I'm okay with that. Featured prelim as of right now is Hakim Dawadu versus Julian Arosa. Then we got Jelton Almeida taking on Anton Turkalj. Do, do, you know, do you know what his nickname is, Anton Turkal? I forget. It is. This is worse. Oh than Juicy. yes, this is worse, now I remember. This is worse than Juicy J. This is worse than Juicy J. Is is a classy top shelf nickname compared to this name. Anton Tur uh, and I apologize, Anton, for uh, probably mispronouncing your last name. Anton Turkal's nickname is the Pleasure Man. <laughs> yeah. No. Raw dog like, is it better than raw dog? No, it's worse. This is worse. Than wow. This, new, this to me is the new worst nickname. The Pleasure Man. <laughs> Ah, oh, man. I like I let's see what the UFC does with this. They've had some I will say as much as people like to poo-poo on the UFC, their social media promo videos that they put together these last two cards have been fantastic. 
have been excellent. Really, really well done. You can't have Bruce Buffer read this name out. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, man. He's not going to shout the pleasure man on, on, on Wait a minute. This, this is worse than, uh, oh, what's the other one? He's not in the UFC anymore. But I don't think Bruce actually or he Joe Martinez ever read it. Dakota Bush. Yes. They didn't ever read it. They did not they read never it. read it. Is that the word? Is that, that can't I mean, be that worse was, than that. That was really bad. <laughs> uh, then we have the apparently lightweight matchup between Jamie Pickett and Dennis Tullulian, which is not a lightweight matchup. It's not. <laughs> Nassau and Hackfrost will not be fighting the winner of this fight. <laughs> uh, and then we get, which should be a lot of fun, Jake Collier versus yes. Beast Boy Chris Barnett. And then we get just maybe the most weird fight in UFC history, Norbert Dumont versus Daniel Wolf. Finally, Daniel Wolf, the debut. Do we think this will fall apart this week somehow still? I don't know. I have. I mean, maybe Daniel Wolf will will shock the world, but I just can't see a world where this ends up being good for her. She was signed on the September 15th, 2020 episode of the Contender Series. In a fight that wasn't good, <laughs> like it was not a good fight. It was not. It was. Uh, she fought Tanisha Tennant. It was like it was a way more competitive fight than the way they hyped her up had to be. This was. This was one of the weirder contracts ever, <laughs> in the history of the program. But we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe she's taken these last two years and has just turned into a monster. And if that's the case, then. Let's go. Uh, 45, sec- 45 second KO calls out Amanda Nunes, right? You Dude, know? I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. Like, I would just say do it. I don't care. <laughs> Chad, I like the Chad and Elger, Alatang A. Lee fight. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Elise Reeds versus the debuting Super Melly. Come on, fun. baby. That's going to be fun. And then Darian Weeks versus Johan Lyonnais. We don't like to mention Darian Weeks' name amongst the MMA fighting staff members because he was supposed to fight Cedric Dumbe at UFC Paris, but didn't happen so there you go 11 a.m eastern next sunday we'll get after it live on the ma fighting youtube channel show will be posted on this here platform right after that so until then everybody for ak i am mike hack thank you for listening and always remember don't take this stuff too seriously mma is supposed to be fun and we'll have a lot more fun hopefully less doo do next week right here on on to the next one the podcast you're listening to the vox media podcast network The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.